It's time for the Deuce with Jimmy Chavez on 1620 The Zone. All the headlines you need in two minutes or less. Somewhat continuing with the theme of the show, here we go. Omaha baseball swept in a doubleheader yesterday, losing a pair of one-run games at Fresno State 2-1 and 3-2. The schedule was altered because of... Now, don't laugh, because it, it was zero when I left this morning. Because of cocaine? Uh, no, although, oh, okay. that again, that's the 86 Mets. That's a different subject altogether. Uh, but it was altered because of cold, rainy, and in some places, snowy weather expected all across California this week, and the snow levels dropping as low as 500 feet in the Bay Area. We feel really sorry for all of you guys out there. Really do. Zero. The wind's blowing. But it's a dry heat, so you don't feel it. Anyway, the Mavs are 0-5. They'll have the day off today before the series continues tomorrow, weather pending. Senior day at Baxter tomorrow for Omaha women's basketball. Let's go. Welcome Denver. The Pioneers, not the Nuggets. What's the line, Johnny? Yeah. Uh, Omaha's going to be favored at home. Already beat Denver once this season. I'll say Mavs by five and a half. Okay, just don't... Make sure you don't make that uh, bet official because then something about the radio play-by-play guy putting money down on the team that he's broadcasting I don't bet. is probably frowned upon. I, I said it on Unsportsmanlike Conduct a couple weeks ago. I don't bet. You don't bet? Okay. I but, just think it's a gray area for the college sports broadcaster associated with the – I don't know. I know it's probably legal, but I really just don't excited do it. on a three-pointer that put him up by – I just yeah. don't do it. Hey, down. They're down by 12! I don't, I don't bet on anything. Oh, wait. Did I say that out loud? Okay. But if you do do such a thing, not so much on that game. Fandle. Johnny's just setting the line for all of zone. you degenerates out there. Yeah. Omaha's been somewhat hot down the stretch. Twelve and sixteen overall, seven and ten in summit. Matt Nay tomorrow tip off is a John or tip off with John is at twelve fifteen. He's excited about the earlier game. Do they call the Baxter the John when you're broadcasting? They don't. No, the John? nobody does the that. John. The John. Yeah. Which uh, kind of again lucky, goes with the theme of this the thing. I'm yeah. lucky if the bag checker at the media entrance <laughs> remembers me. I so. you know what I I love our our and I don't I this is where I'm ashamed of. I don't know their names. But there are two gentlemen in particular that are always there when I do the hockey games and they're awesome. They're fantastic. They're great. Yeah. But I, I show up every time and they're like, Oh, what are you here to do? Yeah. Like uh, Am I that unmemorable? Like I'm just imminently forgettable. Yeah. Well, you, you come look, to a lot of games. You you really support you're the a big program, fan. and you always carry this big case in with you. What is and that? And you always thing? dress so nice. And how's that seven million dollar home in Arizona, Scott Frost? Oh wait, you're wait, not Scott on. Frost. Oh. I know at least one person thinks you look like Scott Frost. There are more than one. Mm-hmm. Not. I've I've grown the beard out a little bit now. Yeah. So not so much. But it was more the lettuce, though. Now you you did say before the show that you know, it's a big game. Obviously, they're all big, but this time big. of the year. But it's about seating and matchups next weekend. So that's the importance of the game tomorrow. Yes, it Other is. Other than Senior Day. So Oma- if Omaha wins, they'll be the sixth seed and the in the conference tournament. They'll play on Sunday. Uh, they'll avoid that seven ten play in game, which is on Friday, which means you have to play four games to get to the title. Who would get South Dakota State in the second day? Of action, then who get? Uh, that's the four-five matchup. Okay, so so, you do, so Omaha's clear. Of, Omaha's clear of that. Yeah, it, either six or seven. You're on the opposite side from the undefeated good. Jackrabbits. That's good. Who are a team like we were talking about? That team, if we if you want to break down some women's basketball here for a little bit, not overly physically imposing. Yeah, not overly athletic, but they move the ball. They're always in the right spot. They knock down open shots. Aaron Johnston at South Dakota State, probably going to win coach of the, of the year in the league and probably should. I would hope so. Because, yeah, I mean, they've got a really good shot to go undefeated through the league season. That is 
ultimate team basketball. They play so well together and make the absolute most of everybody on yeah. the floor. All right. So we, it, we they, might... they should probably be in the top 25, to be honest. They're they're in the receiving votes category. Yeah. Have they ever been in the top 25 this year? Uh, Yes, they they started the I season thought, in yeah, the top I, 25. I thought they were. They did. But they, they lost their opening game to Creighton in Brookings. Their only loss at home this season. A lot of teams have lost to Creighton this year. Yep. That's an impressive win for Creighton right there. Yeah. It's, it's a really good win. Speaking of Creighton, the the men tomorrow. I, I wouldn't say it's it's going to be a sleepy environment because Villanova has got their fan base excited again. And, look, and they are used to those noon games. Yeah. I mean, it's not unusual. They, yeah, it's noon out there. You know, It's not 11 like it will be here. But uh, Creighton-Villanova game, of course, you can catch right here on 1620 The Zone with our man John Bishop, Robbie with the pregame, Jimmy with the postgame. You've got Villanova that has got now a healthy Justin Moore, a healthy Justin Moore who was huge in the win over Xavier earlier this week. And Villanova, all of a sudden, winners of their last four of five games, including that huge road win at Xavier where more pours in 25 points. And if you recall... The last time these two teams hooked up, Creighton and Villanova in Omaha, it was a great game. It was a damn good game. And that was right when Moore was coming back. Creighton, in a similar vein of Nebraska, despite that loss this week to Marquette, and Marquette, they're going to win the league. They have put together a run where it feels okay to start talking about Creighton beyond the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. There was a time that we were even wondering if Creighton was going to make it to the first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Now I don't know if you know this, but they lost six in a row at one they point. They did, Nick. yeah, did they? I, f- I felt like that was a thing at some point during the season. That I can be here to Thank bring you. that. I appreciate Good that. info. I'm sure Coach Mack appreciates Fly that. Fly ball, mm-hmm. caught. <laughs> Dynamite dropping money. Broadcast schools really paid off. Now, it, it's it's a team, though, that, again, we've kind of gone back to those preseason conversations we had about Creighton. Everybody knows that. Now you can start talking about this team as, you know, do they have what it takes to get into the third weekend of the NCAA tournament? The loss to Marquette, to me, and I don't know where you are on this, Johnny, it doesn't discourage me in any way. In fact, in some ways, I was kind of encouraged. Baylor Shireman seemed to be... A lot more confident in his stroke. There were he kept shooting until he made one, and then he made a few more. And then yeah, and then does, he does he, that mean the headband stays gone? It's got to stay gone. Yeah, if he puts that back on tomorrow, if we are circling up for tip off tomorrow, we see Baylor Shireman with the headband on. Ooh. If they lose and it's back on, that's what they. In fact, call that's in. that's what I need. I need John Bishop to tweet that as soon as they come out for warmups if the headband is on. And it maybe maybe even after warmups because maybe he goes out with it during warmups, but then doesn't have it for the game. I don't know, but I hope it's not on because he he played a much more Baylor Shireman esque type of game in that loss to Marquette. That's what they can talk about on Big Blue overreaction yeah. afterwards. The power of the headband. But you guys are with me too. He got it looked like he got a little bit of a head trim. He didn't just oh there was a trim there. Yeah, yes. there was definitely a he he got a little bit more. He got a college cut. Look good, good for Baylor. He's you know he's looking looking respectable. Um, this to me is is that game in a way kind of like Nebraska the validation of all right. 
We saw what happened against Marquette. I know that there were there was some belly aching about how the the final seconds was officiated. Quite honestly, that didn't lose Creighton the game, and I, I think everybody's over that. I think even the fans are over it. I know the team is over it, but if you go into Villanova, who is a desperate team, a team that's sitting there right at five hundred, they're just below five hundred in conference play. They've got a lot of work to do, but it's a team that's kind of feeling like they're finally themselves. This is a big-time matchup for Creighton. If you can go on the road, and again, I know people could just fixate on the record itself of Villanova and say that's not a huge win. Going to Philadelphia and beating this Villanova team with a healthy Justin Moore, Ed Croswell, who's a great player too, you've got so many good pieces of Villanova when you do have Justin Moore now fully in the mix. It would be a hell of a quality win. My biggest concern, though, and Sharpie brought this up after the Marquette game, can Art Kaluma give you more than 20 minutes? Is Art Kaluma going to be a bigger f- factor in this game? Because when I think of Creighton and the prospect of them making the third weekend or even the second weekend of the NCAA tournament, you cannot do that if Arthur Kaluma is playing 16 minutes of basketball. For this weekend, I don't know that Kaluma is the biggest factor in what will determine whether Creighton wins or loses. I agree with you that going forward, he's got to be a big and important piece for this team. For this weekend, I don't know that if Kaluma's somewhat ineffective, as long as Baylor Shireman's playing well. Look, the game plan against Villanova, they play small. Yeah. Get it inside to Kalkbrenner and let him go up over top of a smaller defender. That's that's how you're you're going to win this game to me. Villanova's going to play small. Um they they don't guard seven footers very well. Ryan Kalkbrenner's got to be the man in this game. So this weekend I don't think you're going to learn much about whether or not, you know, Arthur Kaluma is the player he had been previously. So I don't I don't know that this game is a great barometer for that. I, I just I just want to see him active in this game. I mean that was at one point and I wasn't at the game and I know Sharpie was there. I almost texted him and asked, "Is he okay? Like is he hurt?" Because remember how that game started? You get the alley oop, Kaluma yep. throws it down. You are like, oh, "All right, here we go." I mean the place was juiced and you know Kaluma. It, and not to bring it up again, but during the six-game losing streak when there was more put on guys like Trey Alexander, Arthur Kaluma, and even Ryan Nemhard and Baylor Shireman, he was so up and down. And then once Kalkbrenner got back into the mix, it was almost like he didn't feel as much pressure, and you started to see a lot more of that Art Kaluma that we you know, assumed we would see, and a guy that you know, has draft stock and everything that goes with his game. He was a lot more consistent and gave you some big games, and all of a sudden, these last couple trips out, and good on Mac because Kaluma didn't have it against Marquette. So they immediately went to the bench. And again, a bench that has been one of criticism at times where they have produced nil. You know, whether we're talking about Miller or King, even Sharif, like there's just something that probably gives Creighton fans a little bit of anxiety when you have to go deep into that bench and it has to extend minutes. But look, Kaluma was, he wasn't there against Marquette. 
I, you know, from a matchup standpoint, I don't want to say like, well, he's the most important person, but as this team starts to take on its form of what they'll look like in the postseason, dude, I got to see more. I, I don't care if it's if they're going to be playing smaller or not, and I don't even know if Kaluma only plays sixteen to twenty minutes in this game. Yeah, I would agree with you. I don't think that that is going to tell you one way or the other that they're going to beat Villanova. But for this team going forward, you got to have him. You got to have him figuring it out. You got to have him in more minutes than what we saw against Marquette. Here's the other thing I'll say about the last two games Marquette and St. John's are going to defend you in a certain way that is going to create some havoc, right? St. John's, maybe not really great at defending but they do muck it up and they make it difficult to play against them and they're really active and we saw what Marquette did they created a whole bunch of turnovers right they get mm-hmm. they get their hands on passes they they get up into you they steal the ball they create those situations that that make it tough on the perimeter Kaluma is at his best when he gets those one-on-ones from the perimeter against a defender who maybe doesn't have the quickest feet and he can go to the basket, blow by, and, you know, yam one at the, at the rim. That's where he's at his best, going to the yeah. bucket. That was tough to do against both St. John's and Marquette just based on the way they play defense. Villanova's not going to defend like that. Georgetown's not going to defend like that. Now, you, you might run into a team like that in the NCAA tournament. You might. But... I don't know that we should take so much about Arthur Kaluma's role in the team from the last two games because they're teams that defend in a way that that just make it ugly. They make it hard. But see, that's why, I mean, the thing I liked about Kaluma's game is I felt like he was going to be, no matter what your defensive style or philosophy was, he's going to be so difficult to defend because he can... He can post you up. He can be active in the paint, but he also has the range. He just has that sort of all-around game. So to see him be ineffective, and also at times in that game against Marquette in the limited action, like a defensive liability himself, like that's not what I'm used to seeing in Arthur Kaluma. We've seen more of that this year. But, you know, to me, when, I, when I'm thinking of, I think I said Croswell, I was talking about Providence. But when I'm thinking of, like, you know, Caleb Daniels and even Eric Dixon, you know, and being able to try to stymie those guys. Like Justin Moore, he's going to get points. But when you think about what those guys are going to bring as far as how you have to defend them too, like you just, I don't know. Like the, the Kaluma thing, it, I'll just say this, it worries me. It, it does worry me if he can't be a bigger part of this down the stretch. I think it's fair. I, I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. I, I would just advise a little bit of caution. Like, Arthur Kloom is still a really good basketball player. Players hit slumps sometimes. Players get into games where it's a bad matchup. Like, their style of play doesn't really match up well against the team they're playing against, and they're not going to produce the the way you would expect them to. Well, Damn it, John, I'm worried. You can be worried. I'm just saying, don't bail on Kaluma. I think he's going to be fine. And I think he's probably. I'm not bailing on him. I'm just saying he needs to be. He's probably we need, we need going more than to 20 have minutes of him. a much better game tomorrow, just because Villanova is not going to defend him the way that Marquette and St. John's did. They're not going to pose as much of an obstacle to him getting to the rim as the last two teams did. I think I think he has a better game tomorrow. Confidence is restored and his role in the lineup, and everything's peachy again. I, that's just what I see happening.
Uh, coming up in hour number three, we're going to be talking to Mike Schaefer, Husker 24-7 Sports, get into some Nebraska football convo. Uh, when we come back, though, a real quick segment, I want to ask you a question. If you're a college basketball team and you're – Which I'm not. But if you're making decisions and you're kind of on the cusp of doing some good stuff, where's Chris Beard in your uh, in your coach's list if you have to make a decision? Well, we know what Nate Oates would probably think. Well, we do know that. What, but given now what uh, you know, you know, charges filed and everything, is Chris Beard a guy that we're going to see as early as this upcoming season? More with mornings, Sharp and Ailey, 1620 The Zone.